I have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. I have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. Welcome to my testimony podcast. Thanks for tuning in. This is Takia. I'm your host. I'm happy that you're here. You know, as I record these testimonies, they just keep getting better and better and better. So it's just like, oh my gosh. Uh, or I mean, they're all good. But I guess the, you know, when you fill up on so many, it's just like your cup, you know, overflows. And so yeah, that's what I mean by getting better and better. It's like you get over, you become filled with the richness of God. And so praise the Lord. I pray that you're listening to these testimonies and that they're blessing you. Um, go back, listen to the beginning, you know, all the way to now, you know, over some time, sharing with other people as well. You know, let people know that God is still working in his people's lives. It will only bless them. So praise the Lord for that. Um, before we get into the testimony, I definitely want to encourage you with the word. Let's go ahead and read from Isaiah um, uh, chapter 61. I'm going to read a few verses here because this is just so delightful. It's delicious. Okay, so let's read verse one. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. This is so amazing. And I really believe it just adds on to the testimony you're going to hear um, on this episode. Um, because I mean, there's so many things here, right? Like when you even look at the bottom, the which is verse three here of the scripture, it's just like the Lord is saying that he is calling us and making us oaks of righteousness, like an oak tree planted. Oak trees are so firm. They, they last for ages upon ages. They grow and cover great ground. They provide, you know, shade and comfort for so many of the animals and everything in the neighborhood is just beautiful. But then the Lord says it's all for the display of a splendor. And when the Lord has called us to be his children and he put his spirit on the inside of us and he sent us forward to preach the good news, to proclaim, you know, the good news, to uh, bind up the brokenhearted, you know, to set the captives free. All of those works brings a display of God's splendor here upon the earth. 
And it is such a mighty work. It, it encourages our faith. It strengthens us to believe the Lord. It strengthens us to stand firm on his word like that mighty oak tree with oak tree with roots firmly planted and fitted in the truth of who our Lord is and who we are in him. And so it is amazing the work that God has given to us and the, the joy of being able to go forward and to preach the good news and to display God's splendor. And so I pray that you are encouraged today by this testimony you're going to hear because it really is a demonstration that, you know, we all can walk in the true high calling that God has called us to, to walk in his, his uh, power, his authority to um, stand in the places that he has called us to stand in and just be the best representation of God that we can in our lives. And I encourage you that it's never too late for you as well, because you're going to be encouraged in that way for, um, from this testimony. Today on the podcast, we have Ryan Dillinger. He is an international itinerant minister from the United States and the founder of Empowering Japan. He studied at Youth with a Mission Ministry Schools and has been on staff there in South Africa for almost seven years. Um, He has ministered on all the inhabited continents in the world and often teaches at Youth with a Mission Ministry Schools on the Holy Spirit, power evangelism, and kingdom identity. Um, He also has pioneered empowering conferences where he does similar teaching in local churches in different countries to train and equip people similar to how he does with um, youth with admission schools. And so you're going to hear, um, you're going to hear Ryan's testimony today. um, That's really going to talk about all the wonderful works that the Lord has done in his life and continues to do in his life, but you're going to hear like the starting point, right? And so let's go ahead and get into Ryan's testimony. Hello, my name is Ryan Denlinger, and this is my testimony. I grew up in a Christian home and received Christ in my heart when I was about five years old. I was baptized at about 14, and I had a long line of Christians in my background, my grandparents, and I was very blessed in that way. But I grew up learning that Christianity, kind of the extent of Christianity is just kind of going to church on Sunday, staying out of trouble, you know, praying when uh, you need something or whatever. Um, And Holy Spirit was just kind of like your ticket to heaven someday or, you know, when you, when you do something wrong, he'll make you feel bad. And that's about it. And I just kind of grew up learning how to just debate your faith and try to intellectually prove to people that God existed. And I would read Bible stories about the miraculous and healing taking place and God showing up in the supernatural. But I never saw that growing up in church. I, I've been in church for 17 years. And I didn't see anything that what I would call maybe miraculous or supernatural from a a certain definition standpoint. And I just kind of learned how to just argue and just be intellectual. And, you know, that was kind of the extent of Christianity is try to disprove people's beliefs so that they believe what you believe. And, 
you know, even right now, you can look up Christian versus Muslim debate and or Jewish versus whatever debate and have these guys in, in uh, suits and standing behind podiums. And point one, why I think that Christianity is the real religion or this is why I think Islam is the real religion or whatever. And have a lot of guys just fighting back and forth, trying to prove to people that God existed. But a lot of times these arguments just kind of go around and around in circles even though in the scripture it says that the kingdom of God is not just talk, it's power. And I'm not saying that people didn't receive Christ in their heart during those times of debate and whatever, because I'm sure Holy Spirit could have been moving in people and in the room, convicting people, revealing self, himself to them. But I just never saw the power of Holy Spirit in action that I could see. And I remember I was in school and I was trying to talk to an agnostic one time about my faith and and I didn't really know what this person believed but I was sharing with this person about Jesus and the person said to me well I guess we'll see who's right when we die me or you like we'll see who the winner is <laughs> and I remember just getting so frustrated that I'm just like man there's got to be a way to prove that God exists like something that science cannot explain something that you know you can't explain away by placebo or whatever but but bar none this is god and this can only be god but i didn't have any proof that god existed and I, unfortunately there's a lot of people that turn away from their faith because they're told what to believe but they're not told why to believe it and they don't have a personal experiential knowledge of god see when the bible talks about knowledge of jesus in that particular scripture it's not just talking about knowledge it's talking about experiential knowledge that means having a personal experience with god and i had prayed and had these different uh you know church going to church and i could feel maybe peace or feel moved by a worship song when i was younger but i never had maybe what i would call an experience or an encounter that really rocked my world until a little bit later and that's what i'm going to share but in the midst of all this, like I wanted to prove to people that God existed. I, I wanted something that someone couldn't say, oh, no, that was just the music or, oh, that was just this or that was just that. But something so big that nobody could deny it. And that's when I started to hear stories of people in this world today, in this modern age, laying hands on the sick, praying for them. And they're not just getting healed months down the line or years down the line, but instant supernatural healings and miracles. Stories of people getting healed in their heart and from mental stuff. And that's stuff I've learned later on in life of mental conditions and, and many different things that is a result of the corruption of this world and the fall of man. Those things healed by the power of the Holy Spirit and even irreversible conditions that could not be healed on their own. God supernaturally healing them. And even people hearing the voice of God, like legitimately hearing his voice. Some of them even hearing them audibly and feeling the power and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. These were all foreign concepts to me to see in this day and age. I, I, I knew a lot of Bible stories and I knew my Bible really well, but, but these things that I'm talking about, the gifts of the Holy Spirit was very new to me. I'd never seen it practiced in church. And so I started to listen to some of these speakers that talk about this. And they said, hey, the Bible says that 
when Jesus was on the earth, he told the disciples, he told the people, if you believe in me, you will do the works that I do and greater works. And I'm thinking, oh, oh I guess I maybe missed that one. <laughs> and then there's another one where it says Jesus sent the disciples out and he says, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is here. It is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out the devils, cleanse the lepers. Freely you have received, now freely give. And he's telling this to the disciples when he's sending them out. And it talks in different scriptures throughout the gospels. It said that he gave the disciples authority over the demonic. He gave all the disciples authority over sickness and disease. Even the word all is used, all sickness, all disease. And so they would use these scriptures in their sermons and they're like, guys, the power of God hasn't stopped. It, it hasn't because there's a lot of people that, and I believe even a lot of people in the church I grew up in that believe what's called cessationism. That after the Bible was written, the miraculous just stop the gifts of the spirit ceased there's no need for the supernatural um, manifestation of the power of god and and different things because we have the bible and that's all we need now yes the bible is amazing it is god's word it is living and active it is what is contained inside is everything we need for life and godliness but paul says i don't just come with persuasive speech but by demonstration of the spirit's power it's both and so I believe that when Jesus came to the earth, I heard this quote once, I thought it was really cool. When Jesus came, he didn't just come to show us what he could do, but he came to show us what we could do. And he tells us when he says to the disciples, these works that you see me do, you will do if you believe in greater things. And then Mark 16, 17 to 18, these signs will follow those that believe. This is when Jesus rises from the dead. He's about to be going into heaven and to send the Holy Spirit later in Acts chapter 2. But he says, these signs will follow those that believe. It's not just the pastors. It's not just the uh, prophets or the missionaries or the people with perfect behavior. It's them that believe. If you are a believer, you can do it. And one of those things is that they will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so I'm listening to all these different things, all these scriptures, and I'm like, this is an entirely different Christianity than what I grew up with because I didn't grow up seeing people supernaturally healed. The extent of prayer for healing was just, well, God, guide the doctor's hands as they operate. And I'm not against, I'm not saying doctors are evil, and you know, I'm not saying those things. Um, but I just grew up with this idea that, well, maybe God will heal eventually, and you know, but the idea of instant healing, I'd never seen. And so in the midst of all this learning and seeing these testimonies of people getting healed and experiencing God's power for real, I decided to try it out for myself one day. <laughs> so I went to a church. Well, it was my church, the church I grew up in. And there was a guy that I knew that had some stomach pain, some stomach problem. And I saw him across the the sanctuary and I'd been listening to all this stuff and I'm like today's my day I'm gonna go to this guy I'm gonna pray for him. I'm gonna lay my hands on him. he's gonna be instantly healed it's gonna be awesome so I go up to him I say hey can I pray for you he's like yeah sure and I sit down with him I get into the position because you know it's all about the position I'm joking 
it's all, you know, I, so I prayed for him and I said, Oh God. And I prayed what I knew how to pray. And then at the end, you know what happened? Nothing. And I prayed again. You know what happened? Absolutely nothing. And then he gets up and he was like, well, I, I got to go. And he walks away. And I'm thinking, <laughs> God, I thought if I prayed, it's going to happen. Like what's going on? How many of you listening have been in this kind of position before where you've tried and you've believed God as this word and then it didn't happen the way you want it? And then your wheels start turning. You're like, well, maybe I don't have the gift of healing or maybe God doesn't do miracles today or maybe God doesn't even exist. And we start creating these theologies based upon what we don't see. But you know, there are several evangelists that I can tell you by name that have incredible, powerful ministries in the Holy Spirit, seeing the supernatural manifest in their life. But, you know, when they first started praying for people, they prayed for hundreds of people before they even saw one miracle happen. How many of us, we give up after five to ten and we're like, oh, I'm done. No more. <laughs> no more. That's it's not my gift. It's not my thing. But these guys were tenacious. Some, there's an even a guy I met one time. He prayed for 900 to 1,000 people when he first received Christ. We're talking 9 to 12 people every day. Nobody's getting healed. <laughs> wow. But one, one thing he said that just really marked me is he said, do not let what you don't see affect what God's word says. Don't let, I, actually, I said it wrong. Don't let your experience affect what God's word says regardless of what you see or what you do not see in your life, God's word is never going to change. You can take God's word to the bank because it is eternal. And God's word is the most relevant article of writing in this world today. Amen. <laughs> and so, and so there's another quote I love that's just, and this is, I want you to really get this. Those that are listening is when God's word becomes more real to you than the problem in front of you, miracles can happen. I'm going to say that one more time. When God's word becomes more real to you than the problem in front of you, miracles can happen. And that is not easy when the doctor's report is saying one thing and, you know, the government is saying this and the news media and the finances and all that stuff. I'm not, this is not a preaching, but I... This is this goes back to me. So I'm getting failures. I keep praying for people and nobody's getting healed. Just continuing to pray. And it's like, I'm not seeing anything. And then one day I was on the phone with a friend of mine from Denmark. And I was in Pennsylvania here currently where I'm at. He was in Denmark. I mean, we're talking the Atlantic Ocean in between us. We're like 7,000 or 5,000 miles away, 7,000, whatever it is across the ocean from Europe to Pennsylvania. And he'd been a smoker for many years, smoking cigarettes. And he told me, he said, Ryan, the pain in my lungs is so bad. Sometimes I feel like I'm not going to live a full life. And I just said, hey, can I pray for you? And he's like, okay, sure. And I had prayed for people and really didn't see much up to that point that I could remember. But I prayed. But I remember that my prayer shifted. Instead of saying, God, if it be your will, and I'm not saying those prayers are wrong, 
God can totally heal if you say, God, I ask that you do this. I ask that you heal this person. God can actually absolutely heal through that prayer. But what I learned is that the disciples in the Bible, in the book of Acts and the Gospels, they didn't pray like that when it came to healing. See, they knew they had authority in Christ. And so that when they went up to someone in the book of Acts uh, at the beginning, Peter and John, they encounter somebody who was lame and he said, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have, I give to you. He knew what he had. (laughs) And so in this case, when I'm praying, they use this commanding language and we're not commanding God. Let me just make that clear. We're not saying, God, I command you do this or do that. But we're speaking to the mountain, commanding it to move in the name of Jesus, not our name, in Jesus' name. We're speaking to the storm, commanding it to be calmed. And that's what I had to understand. This is a huge part of my testimony. I had to understand all this and this was just shifting me. So I learned that when we speak to storms, when we speak to mountains and we say in the name of Jesus, as a child of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you have to move because this is what God's word says. And so I prayed over this guy and I just said, in the name of Jesus, I speak over these lungs and I command all pain to leave right now. All of it. I just speak a full restoration and all smoking damage or whatever to be restored. And after the first prayer, it was like a probably 15, 20 second prayer. I, I asked him, I said, hey, how do you feel after that? And I guarantee you, those of you that want to step into healing, you're going to see more miracles in your life when you ask someone how they feel as soon as you're finished praying. <laughs> There's something about praying or asking people how they feel right after you're finished that can release power into the situation because you believe that your prayer actually just did something. And yes, you may not see an instant result right away, but I encourage you to ask people how they feel. And so I did with this guy. I said, hey, How do you feel now? And this guy, he comes on. We're voice messaging between continents, between an ocean. And he says, dude, when you're praying for me, he says, my lungs are getting better. I'm like, what do you mean? (laughs) I'm in my bedroom. Like, what do you mean? He's like, when you're praying, my lungs, they're getting, they're clearing up. I'm like, wow. Like, I'm just freaking out. I said, dude, do you still have any pain at all? He says, I got a little bit. I said, let's pray again. Now, you might say, well, where's praying again in the Bible? Why don't you just pray one more time? Remember, there's a scripture where Jesus actually prayed for a blind guy twice. The first time it said the eyes got a little bit better, a little clearer. They said he, the guy saw people walking around like dark trees. The second time the eyes were totally open. To this day, I've seen lots of people after several times that you pray, even in a moment, get healed after maybe two or three prayers, two or three times. And it's not that we're begging God, God, please do this but we're releasing faith and we're elevating God's word above the situation where it's like hitting a nail in in the wood, just deeper and deeper, or you're hitting a block of wood with an ax, right? Sometimes on the first try, it'll hit. Sometimes it'll take five times, 10 times, but you keep hitting that thing. You believe in what God's word says. So that's what I did. And at the end with this guy, I said, how do you feel right now? It was maybe one or two more prayers after that. And just, just, speaking life and just speaking healing over him at the end he goes dude i don't have any pain at all in my lungs 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in my room freaking out. Like, what? And I would follow up with him later, like weeks later. I'm like, dude, are you still fine? Are you still? He's like, I'm fine. Man, isn't this just God? That he takes years of smoking damage. I mean, and guys, this is not just healing, but this is your sin, right? Years and years that you could be caught in something. And God just takes it away in one moment because he already paid for it on the cross 2,000 years ago. It's a finished work. And so this was the first time that I saw this in action. I'm like, and man, when this happens in your life, I'm telling you, it lights a fire inside your heart. And I remember I was part of a, a Bible study, and I think a lot of these guys didn't really have background in this stuff either. And I, I we just made an announcement one week. We're like, you know what? We're going to go to McDonald's. We're going to go to grocery store. We're going to go to Wendy's. We're going to just pray for people. It was me and another friend. He just got back from, uh, from YWAM. I'm also part of YWAM. So we just took people out. We go to Walmart and just prayed. And I remember one time we were in a Walmart and, and there was a guy that was kind of a rough around the edges, kind of Walmart worker. And we were talking to him and he had asthma, really bad asthma. And I asked if I could pray for him. And I put my hand on his shoulder and I kid you not. This guy, as I put my hand on his shoulder, start praying. He says, as soon as you touched me, he said, my asthma is starting to clear up. My lungs are clearing up. And, I'm like, and, and you could say, well, he just made that up to get out of your face. <laughs> but I have seen to this day so many supernatural miracles, medically documented supernatural things with before and after photos. You can't convince me out of this stuff. <laughs> and to this day, I've seen, I mean, cancer, stage four cancer. There's a few people that were healed of that. Um, hearing come to the ears. I've seen that in Africa. Uh, sight come to an eye that could hardly see anything even legs that were a few centimeters shorter than another literally grow out and become even. There was a supernatural alignment in their body. Um, so many kinds of pains healed. And the, the biggest one was there was a guy that actually had a bone that was disconnected, a broken collarbone. And in one church service, this, we have medically documented proof of this. If anybody doesn't believe me, you can text me. I can send you the, the proof, <laughs> but medically documented proof of this guy that had a broken collarbone. And in one church service, the bone comes back together supernaturally. Yeah. And I, I, I'm just, I'm blown away that this Christianity has been missing. It was missing for my whole life because I was just going to church, sing some songs. And, you know, I was, I was grew up in a church that if you raised your hand in worship, that was a bold move. <laughs> that was like that was courage man that was like big time and so but when i experienced this stuff and i'm telling you guys i, I i'm not saying that i'm you know when i jumped into charismatic churches that i just loved it right away i didn't <laughs> i really was uncomfortable with charismatic or charismaniac whatever you want to call it churches i remember going to some of those churches and people were just jumping around and yelling i'm like this is making me really uncomfortable. But, you know, in those moments, it wasn't necessarily that it was wrong, but that I was uncomfortable. And Holy Spirit is called the comforter because he knows that we're going to be uncomfortable sometimes. We're going to be in situations of stretching. And my capacity for what God could do was like, if I, if I could show you my hand, it was like a tiny little hole. But as I was being stretched, my capacity was growing. And I just want to encourage you, those that are listening, that you say, well, that's a great story or whatever. But 
I'm just telling you that if I can do this, any words that came out of my mouth today, if I can do this, I know that you can do it too, because I'm not something super special. I wasn't born with the gift of healing or born with all this stuff. I was, I was for lack of better words, a blunt blade as a Christian for a long time, <laughs> just kind of going to church, you're doing a summer camp, you know, kind of thing. And that's, that was it. And I'd pray to God sometimes and maybe read my Bible a little bit and, that was my life, even though I grew up in a Christian home. But some of you, you may have grew up in a similar way, or maybe you've been a Christian for some time and you still haven't seen something and you might think, well, that's good for him, but it's not for me. I want to encourage you. You can do this. All it takes. God is just looking for people that are willing to be vessels for him. That's it. God's not looking for flawless vessels. He's looking for yielded, willing vessels say, God, and I don't just come on this podcast to say, I've arrived. I'm there. I'm a broken individual that's still learning and growing and working through so many things. You know, Paul, who wrote almost all the books in the New Testament, he even talks about his weakness in my weakness. Talks about even the things that he doesn't want to do, he does, and things he should do, he doesn't do. And he's being vulnerable. And I encourage you, those that may feel like that, God can use you for incredible things. And I, I, I want to just share one more quick thing before I close. Um, you know, you can say, well, why do I need this? Why, why, why do I need to step into this Holy Spirit stuff and power and supernatural stuff? And, you know, why don't we just preach? And why don't we just, and that's great. But I don't consider these things healing or the prophetic or these things, I don't consider them ends to themselves. They're not the end game. The end game is salvation. People receiving Jesus in their heart, making him the Lord of their life, believing that he died on the cross and rose from the dead. But what I say is that these things, healing and see, Jesus could have just come and just said a bunch of stuff and then died and then rose from the dead. And that was it. But he chose to heal the sick and to, cast out the works of the demonic, right? And those of you that have watched uh, The Chosen and have seen even that in action, right? That new series. And it's just so cool seeing some of that stuff in action. Jesus came to empower us to do those things, to bring the kingdom of heaven to the earth. We get to be walking and living epistles. And so all that to say is that you stepping into the fullness and say, God, I don't want to limit what you want to do in my life. Uh, I don't want to stand before you and have have you say to me man uh, you could have done so much more you could have won so many more souls to jesus you could have made a bigger wave for the kingdom of god but you chose to limit yourself you chose to limit what god what i could do through you you've chose to settle for less of what i paid a price for you to have I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the fullness of what Jesus paid a price for me to have. I want God to receive the reward of the suffering that Jesus took on that cross for us. I hope that's you too. And this last thing I wanted to share is just to encourage you that your yes, even after you get off this call, you might be thinking, well, God, what does that look like in my life? You don't have to be a missionary to do these things. I know several people that are literally praying for people on their job sites, stonemason doing stonework, plumber and heat, praying for people on their job site. And we're seeing they're seeing God move supernaturally in healing, 
on their job site. <laughs> and when I first stepped into this, I was working at a pizza shop and I started praying for people at my pizza shop. And obviously, yes, be appropriate and, you know, be sensitive to the people. But when you have those moments and those opportunities, take them. You could be the breakthrough that someone is desperately crying out for in this time. And this just kind of culminated when I was at in Australia. I was actually teaching one time uh, with a friend of mine and I was at a grocery store. And just keep in mind, I wasn't on an official outreach. I wanted to get chicken in the back in the freezer aisle. <laughs> I wasn't on an official like, OK, we're going to do an outreach. I was going grocery shopping. So I'm in the back. And as I'm there, I just I'm just looking through some things to buy and I see an old lady and she walks past me with a shopping cart and she wasn't necessarily limping, but she was just walking past. And as she walked past me, I just sensed a word in my heart, just drop in my spirit. And it wasn't this angel that came down with a scroll and this big audible booming voice, thunderous. It was this little still small voice in my heart that she has a problem with her back and her joints. And I'm just kind of thinking, uh. it was one of those moments where you just kind of think you might get, it might be God and you just kind of block it out. And I'm like, nah. And I go back to my shopping. And as soon as I did that, it's like that heavy boom drops in your spirit. You know that when you get that word that you think, oh yeah, it may be God. And then you ignore it. You just push it away. And all of a sudden it comes back, boom, hits you hard. And you're like, mm. those moments, when you get those moments, there's a good chance that it's God. So I had this moment, it just dropped in me like this. And I'm like, okay. So I made a deal with God. <laughs> I said, God, when I'm done with my grocery stuff, when I go to the front of the, the grocery store, if she's still there in the grocery store by some chance, and she's gone by this point, but I'm like, if I'm at the front of the grocery store, when I'm done with my shopping and she's still there, I'll pray for her. That was my deal. <laughs> so i go up finish my stuff go up to the front of the grocery store to pay there she is in the counter the checkout counter standing there with her groceries i'm thinking oh boy okay and God, i'm not i'm telling you i'm not like a natural evangelist personality i'm telling you what i mean majorly i hated evangelism and i also had a horrible fear of public speaking majorly i mean big time but I want to encourage you that when you run to your fear, there's always a miracle on the other side of it. I want you to hear that tonight. When you run to your fear, there's a miracle on the other side of it. I heard someone say that once and I really thought it was cool. And so I, I, I even now I, I've led a lot of evangelism teams, but I still get a little bit like mm, before evangelism. <laughs> your flesh is never going to be ready to do evangelism ever. <laughs> you got to force your flesh what to do and say, this is what we're going to do. And your spirit then can become dominant to your flesh. That's where it is at right there. And that takes work. Sometimes that takes consistent, just hitting your flesh and saying, no, this is what we're going to do. We're going to pray first thing in the morning. We're going to read our Bible. We're going to seek the Lord and not turn on Netflix or YouTube right now. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to pray. We're going to put everything else aside. And the same thing with evangelism. God puts that person on your heart. You obey. Because they may be crying out for a breakthrough. So I'm with this lady. I'm thinking, okay, how do I start a conversation with this lady? <laughs> a lot of times we have that issue. Like, how do we start a conversation with someone? 
So what I often say is I say, start with something natural and then go into something spiritual. So rather than just coming up to them and say, Jesus wants to talk to you. That'd be, he's like, whoa, puts the walls up. A lot of people, they've been hurt by the church, right? They've had bad experiences with Jesus. But when you truly love someone, when you truly value them, and you show them that you actually matter to them, then they're going to want to listen to what, the, you, you, what you have to say to them. So I went up to this lady and I'm thinking, okay, what kind of natural thing can I start with to then transition into something just to show her that I'm not, you know, a lunatic. <laughs> so I go up to her and I just said, hey, ma'am, I said, uh, can I help you put your groceries on the grocery counter? She says, oh, thanks. And I'm putting the groceries on the line and I'm just doing a little small talk. I said, yeah, I'm here in Australia teaching for a week. I'm from the U.S. Oh, I love the U.S. My daughter's in the U.S. And she's talking. We're a little small talk back and forth. And, and as we're doing this, I realize that I'm running out of time with her. And a lot of times when we're with someone, we, I think it's good. Unless God directs you otherwise, it's really good to know how much time you have with someone. Because unless God tells you specifically, you probably shouldn't stop up the grocery line and say, stop everybody, I'm preaching the gospel. <laughs> you know, you should probably be sensitive to what is around you and the workers and those that are around. And so what I say is that everyone should have a 20-minute testimony prepared and a two-minute testimony prepared. Now, this one is definitely not a two-minute testimony, but uh, it's fine. be quick. Learn how to be quick with your testimony elevator pitch i mean you don't when you don't have a lot of time with people right be able to to just hit the good stuff quickly and plant seeds water seeds and trust that god will bring the increase and so i'm with this lady and i just kind of transitioned and at the end i said hey i said um sometimes um god speaks to me about people you know things that are going on in people's bodies and i'm a christian i'm a missionary i travel around the world and when you were shopping i, I just i felt that you had some kind of problem with your back and your joints is that true she looks at me and she's like yeah i do she said i actually have really bad knee pains and back pain i said oh okay i said well i just felt i, I feel that i want to pray for you and i believe that you can be healed i said can i pray for you She's like, okay, so we go out and we're in a mall complex. So we go out of the grocery store into the mall kind of center area. And I just said, hey, just let me pray. So it was quick. And guys, when you pray for someone, you don't have to do the 10 minute. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Father God, we just pray Holy Spirit, Father God, for 10 minutes. You don't got to do that. Some of the most effective prayers can be some of the quickest prayers. Right? And sometimes even when you ask someone, hey, can I just pray for you for 10 seconds? I would love it if I could just bless you for 20 seconds. Is that all right? Then they know that you don't have to do this whole long thing unless God tells you otherwise. But I was just really quick with this lady. It was probably 15 seconds. Prayed. God, thank you for this lady. Thank you for her joints and her back and her knees. And we just speak complete healing, restoration in the name of Jesus in her body. And guys, I kid you not. When she, I'm standing there and she starts moving her body. She's moving it kind of like her upper body. And she goes, it's getting loose. And before she told me, she said that she couldn't walk more than short distances without having a lot of pain. So I'm doing the, you know, with the body and, and she's moving it. And I said, hey, why don't we go for a walk? Because before she couldn't walk without having a lot of pain. So I said, let's, let's try a point of contact.
That's what I'm thinking. So I said, hey, let, let's walk a little bit. So we're walking to test it out. And as we're walking, we probably walked maybe 50 yards out into the outside, into the parking lot area. As we're walking, she turns to me. She says, I don't have any pain at all in my body. And I'm like, wow. And she goes to me. She goes, God sent you to me today. And I said, oh, praise God. That's awesome. And she goes, this is what she says. I kid you not. She goes, I have a painting of Jesus hanging in my bedroom wall at my house. This morning, I woke up in so much pain. I looked into the eyes of Jesus and I said, Jesus, please heal me today. Oh and then she goes to the grocery store. And I'm like, Whoo, wow. I'm thinking in my in my mind, I'm like, I just answered this woman's prayer when she's looking into the eyes of Jesus in her bedroom saying, Jesus, heal me. And my first thought was, I was that answer to prayer. My second thought was, I almost missed it because of chicken nuggets. I almost missed my, this opportunity to be a breakthrough in her life because I was like, eh, no. And so... Who knows? After that encounter, maybe someone else might have come, but maybe not. And so I want to encourage you, when you're in public, you could be the answer to prayer. And after that, she was like, you have restored my faith today. And, and then we talked for more after that, but it was just so cool. And I'm like, just going, man. And when I think about that testimony, I'm like, man, I got to be used that day. And I'm not just saying, oh, yeah, here's a story to puff myself up or whatever. But I just want to encourage you guys that this wasn't my life. What what me being a missionary in my Instagram, if you go on that, like that, that wasn't me from for most of my life. That wasn't that wasn't the Ryan that, that you see now. But I want to encourage you, if I can do it, I know you can do it. And just because you don't start well in your life, that doesn't mean you're not gonna finish well. And just because you do start well. You know, I, I wish I could be like one of those guys. And I've heard stories like this of people out on, you know, young five years old and they're prophesying and all this stuff. That wasn't me. <laughs> I wish, but it wasn't. Some people, they live a long time without seeing God use them in these ways. But if you say, you know what, God, I may not have started well, but I want to finish well. That is what counts. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. It's not about how you start your life. It's about how you finish your life. And the final thing is I heard a, um, I heard a story of a lady. This is really quick, but she's older lady. She's probably in her seventies or whatever. And she had never um, seen somebody get healed by her prayer before. She had never seen somebody get healed. I think she was a Christian for a long time. And somebody with a similar ministry to mine that takes people out and he does evangelism and they pray for people and they see God move. Um, he took her out on the street and they found someone that had a, either a knee problem or a shoulder problem. And after they prayed, this guy was healed or on the video was healed that we could see. And this lady, this old lady in her seventies that had never seen somebody get pray get healed by her prayer before. She could be like, well, God, if you haven't done it through me yet, you're not going to do it through me. I guess you don't have a, but she was so excited after that day, after all those years, not seeing something now for the first time seeing it, she's like, if I can do it, you can do it. 
And if that lady, that lady may have lived 70 something years or you may be watching, you may have lived 30, 40, 50 years, 20 years, 18 years and have never seen God move. But man, that doesn't mean that God doesn't want to use you. And God can even right now. That woman, 70 years old, she may have never seen a miracle, supernatural miracle by her prayer before from 70 years prior, but I guarantee however many more years she has, 10 years, 15 more years on the earth, it's going to be different. And it's the same with all of us, that God can use you where you're at. Like Moses, when Moses made all those excuses why he couldn't go into Israel and he couldn't do this, God says, ask Moses, what is in your hand? And he says, it's a shepherd's staff. And he said, put that staff on the ground. And from that point forward, that staff was used for some of the greatest miracles in the Bible through Moses and Aaron. And so my question is, is what is in your hand? It could, what is your skill? You could be really good as a carpenter or a whatever, as a dancer, as a painter, as a musician. And just ask yourself after this point is, God, what? do you want to do with the gifts that you've given me to bless people's lives, to be a vessel for your supernatural power? So that's my testimony. I, I wanted to not make it too long and too much. You know, I want to keep it more of a testimony rather than a preaching, but thank <laughs> you guys for hearing all that and listening. And uh, thank you as well to Kia for this opportunity. I really enjoyed it. Most definitely, Ryan. I've been so blessed by everything you shared in more in more ways than one, for sure. So I appreciate your time today, too. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. I really enjoyed your laughs, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you actually are really, really good at public speaking, although you said that wasn't your, you know, your thing in the beginning. But praise <laughs> the Lord for building it in you. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. If you are blessed by the testimony that you heard today, please share. You can reach out on my website, mytestimonypodcast.com or on Instagram, mytestimonypodcast. I would love to know what you took away from this testimony, how it blessed you, if you were encouraged, like just share. Let us know, you know, what you took away from this, how the Lord moved in your heart as you heard this testimony today. I would love to know that. And also, if you want to share your testimony, you can reach out to me on any one of those platforms, the website or Instagram, and let me know that you have a wonderful testimony about the Lord in your life. I'll be happy to have you on and just hear about the goodness of the Lord. And so most of all, as usual, we always uh, bless you in the name of Jesus, and we encourage you to share your testimonies. Stay blessed, everyone.